Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Brittany Metzig. Brittany, are you ready to do this? So ready. I love it. Brittany is a certified financial planner. She's a national security, social security advisor with Bond and Devic, helping people make sound decisions around their social security benefits. And Brittany and I went to high school together, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Brittany, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. High school was just a few short years ago, right? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am a married mom of three boys. I took over a financial planning practice that my parents started in 2000 after they became ill. Um, I joined my current firm, Bond & Devic Wealth Partners, in 2011, so just hit my 10-year anniversary with them. Um, we're unique in that we're the only financial services company in Minnesota to be a certified B Corp and have been helping clients with SRI, sustainable, sustainable responsible, and impact investing for over 20 years. My specialty is retirement planning, and it all starts with running a retirement analysis for clients. Um, we feel it's the cornerstone of what we do. It gives all clients a framework for their cash flow goals, investment allocation, and so that's sort of how I fell into uh, analyzing Social Security. Nice. So... I appreciate everything you just said there. What, what was it about about Social Security that 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 sort of drew you in? You know, we kept having it be part of the analysis for for clients, and it felt like it wasn't like we were just stabbing at our you know a dartboard. But at the same time, it felt like there could be a little more thoughtfulness to it. I know when I first started with my parents, it was sort of you know, well, you just take Social Security when you retire. There wasn't a lot. Of the decision um, and we started seeing we could add value to clients if we took a little more time to do the analysis and I was amazed at getting into it that there's no one size fits all I mean it's really if they're single or married it matters if there's an age differential if there has been an income differential and so those all became pieces of the puzzle that we felt like we could add value and help clients maximize their retirement income yeah well I appreciate all that it seems like a really uh, kind of a wild thing when two of the most important programs that, that we have as Americans, Medicare and then Social Security, are so incredibly complex and that if I make a mistake, it's like you are, I don't want to say screwed, but the, they're, they're big penalties. Yeah, that's a really good point, too. I think some people, especially when we work with higher net worth people, they sort of pass Social Security aside thinking, well, I don't need it. But when you look at the dollars that it pays out to people, it's a it's a huge benefit and you know I really with Medicare I try to just get tip of the iceberg and then send um, clients off to people you know I mean as advisors there's only so much we can um, know about certain topics and so so that's uh, you're right though I mean biggest programs and and everybody should be looking into them and taking you know leveraging them as well as they can for their situation yeah yeah for sure so when 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 how how do you start to sort of parse through everything because there are so many different variables and so many different things to take into consideration is it tell me just why or what what it is you're trying to accomplish for the retirement income picture is is and 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 goals and objectives is that the starting point it is i mean you're right and one thing i didn't mention either is you sometimes have to go with the um 
what's the word, the psychological aspect of the client too. If we have ones we feel like cash flow is going to be tight for them no matter what, and, and we can make social security a part of the picture, that plays into it. Um, but other than that, we really start with just a straight up retirement projection where we're feeding in, you know, one option of social security and then we run different versions in there and then we even put in say a mortality because something like the widow's benefit you know is a big deal to think about that sometimes there's a case for maximizing one spouse's benefit knowing if something happens to one of them um you know they might they might be collecting on that so even though it's no perfect science we run a bunch of scenarios just to really try to dig into their specific situation and see which one is going to be um just most beneficial for them yeah yeah i appreciate that do you have a sense of how many actual variables that there are for a single person and then a married couple for Social Security? Hundreds, thousands? Oh, gosh. That is a good question. I, uh, you know, and then it gets down to when I find, if we look at the regular ages, there's an early collection, you know, 62. The latest is 70. So we're looking at an eight-year period. I don't like to too much get into months. I mean, that's that's really not going to, you know, one of the ways we look at it is to say there's a break even, right? So if you start collecting at 62, you're going to get money in your pocket sooner that you're not pulling from somewhere else. Um, but then, you know, when you, you, if you delayed and waited for that higher benefit, when is that going to kick in and break even? You know, at what age is that going to happen? A single person, it's just a lot simpler because that's really the only variable. If they pass away, benefits gone and that's it. Mary couple gets a lot more complicated because it could be, you know, which spouse lives longer and, and all sorts of different things. So we just try to do our, our best. And, um, you know, we don't get really deep into uh, family history or anything. But if people come in and say, okay, you know, my wife has a better chance at longevity than I do, let's plan accordingly. You know, we go with that. So like I said, a little bit of an art more than a science. No, I, to I totally appreciate that. And I, like so many things in life, it'd be great if there were just right and wrong answers to these questions. But like so many things in life, there are absolutely not. What what, what role do emotions play? I have to imagine that because they play a role in, in so many of our financial decision making that people probably emotionally find themselves drawn towards certain decisions around Social Security as well. Yeah, you know, I actually hadn't thought about that beforehand. Um, social security is a little less sensitive than something like long-term care insurance. I mean, I know long-term care insurance, my grandpa even said, I don't need it, get it on Wanda, you know, my wife. And it's like, no, that's not protecting anybody. So I think that one has a little more to it. Um, this one, the most interesting case I've had was we had a husband and wife, and this was before the latest rules came in where you could file and suspend, meaning you could, you know, take your either benefit and then kind of switch it as you chose. And there was a wife who felt very strongly about that she had earned her own social security benefit and she did not want to take her husband's and that was a super interesting thing because we were showing her on paper the numbers that well you could let your own grow you know while you're collecting it and she still couldn't get her head around like that she wasn't going to take her own earned benefit um but beyond that i think you know we don't bring the mortality in which is a we do in the background but we don't bring that up to clients as much so i think that's probably where the greatest sensitivity could be otherwise I think they see this one as a little more um, more neutral. They just, you know, take our advice on it, and there, there isn't a lot of, I don't know, ego tied to it, I guess you'd say. Yeah, it's interesting, right? You just never know. So that, that, that was, you, you mentioned that there used to be a lot more options within selecting your benefit, and that changed. Now it's probably been, what, five, six years? Um, 
and I don't know if you have thoughts on why that changed or, or if that's been sort of a net benefit other than it just sort of is what it is. Uh, personally, I would call them, they were loopholes that people could get into and it was people who figured it out and worked around the system. And so I think for the most part, that wasn't the intent was to have those loopholes available. And, you know, honestly, sometimes those are available more to higher net worth people because they have the advisors who who've looked into it and and that's not necessarily an even playing field so I'm not um, I'm not upset about that I mean it changed a lot of our, our planning I think there are other areas such as you know like backdoor Roths or the secure act they recently put in and changed you know distribution some of those it's always are we doing this to close loopholes or are we doing it to I, I don't know change a system that maybe was working and didn't need any didn't need any fixing yeah yeah I appreciate Never always that know the reasons behind right so in terms of when people should be thinking about Social Security, is this something that we should be thinking about? I'm going to take it this year, at this age, uh, five years out, 10 years out, or just sort of depends? I thought about that too when I was picked this uh, topic to focus on with you, as you might have a lot of young viewers and it seems you know really far off. Um, I would say it's, um, it, it's not important important to decide right now, especially because they could increase the age, they could, you know, change it a lot by the time some people retire. Um, but I do strongly feel it's not going away. And so I think people can, you know, fairly confidently include it as part of their plan. I used to have younger clients say, just don't even put Social Security in for me, it's not going to be around when I get there. Um, and that's been an interesting area to pay attention to, too, as far as, you know, what are the, the potential fixes, since it's a program that's in, you know, a little bit of um, trouble, and, and what does that really look like? Um, you know, and I, and I guess I'd say for, for younger clients, it's use it just as a placeholder right now, don't get too far into it. But, but you know, the decision like Social Security, you could apply this to other areas that you're making decisions on, such as, you know, in my 401k, should I do pre-tax or Roth? You know, those are all things that can have an impact on your long-term plan. So I think the earlier you start thinking about it and weighing, you know, which of those decisions works best for you instead of just sort of the random, <laughs> random choice selection, I think does make a difference. Yeah, well, that certainly makes sense. And and the earlier that, that people can start thinking about just their money in general and taking an interest in retirement, which can be super abstract, right? If I'm 25 years old, the idea of me being 70 years old is probably an unreal thing, um, but will hopefully one day happen to me. And it's better that I start thinking about it today, uh, planning for that, 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 that older version of me, right? Right. When we get younger clients too, when I run their retirement projection, we do keep it a little, uh, you know, more open ended, but I always hope it just helps them see, you know, that saving you're doing right now, it's not going off into thin air. You know, if you're doing that 10% in your 401k and you're getting a match, here's what that dollar amount looks like and here's what kind of cash flow it can re re create for you in retirement. So I think that's a, the retirement projection is a super powerful thing even for young people to say, yes, I need to be doing this and here's what it, you know, right now what I'm doing, here's what that looks like going into my retirement. Yeah, I appreciate that. So in terms of, of, of working with, with younger people, the whole idea here is, I think that we all know that the that the earlier we start, the better. The whole the best time to plant a tree was thirty years ago. The next best time is today. Um, how 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 have y'all found success in helping change behaviors for the better? Is it showing that 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 projection of hey, if you put in hundred bucks today versus waiting ten years, kind of a thing? Just walk me through sort of that interaction. 
Right. You know, in my current firm, I feel like we're we're pretty fortunate in that people come in our door ready to work. But I think to your point, I'll have that person come in and they, they feel embarrassed. They feel like it's too late to get started. And like you said, second best time is today. So um, I feel like that's been sort of one of my gifts with clients is helping them feel comfortable and that, hey, no matter where we're starting is okay. And here's what we have to do. And you know, I always talk about retirement projections too. You can come in and say, I want to retire at 65 with my same current income and you know, these, these certain goals. And, and I typically ask them, what's your flex point? And if they say, I'll retire later, then we have a little more flexibility. If they say, no, I'm retiring at 65, you know, they have to acknowledge that that requires some different choices now. So I give them the choice to say what their flex point is. And people are usually pretty um, agreeable to that. You know, they can really identify what they're willing to change and what they're willing to do. So when you say flex point, that means either you can push out the date of your retirement or potentially keep the date the same, but reduce the amount of money you have coming in? Exactly. Or start saving more now. Those to me are the, the typical three flex points we can work with in their projection. Got it. Huh. And what, what, which, which, which one is the most common? That's super interesting. What do people normally say? No, that, I didn't know I was unique in this. Maybe I've just sort of come to it over time. Um, usually it's a combo, and I don't want to get the projection too complicated where we're putting in too many bells and whistles. But if we say, hey, how about you just push that retirement date out a year or two and you save this much more? And that's where, again, you know, kind of like you said, the power of showing them that to say, um, you know, it was looking really tight at 65, but at 67 with a little more saving, you know, you've got this much much more security in retirement, they, they seem to really respond to that. I mean, you're always going to have the clients who say they're going to do one thing and they don't stick to it. Um, but for the most part, I think that's, you know, that's pretty powerful for them. And, and, and obviously, there are unexpected things in life that change. But, you know, if we start with someone in their 30s, too, it's not like it's this um, hard and fast, you know, plan that they have to stick to for life. We look at it every certain number of years. And, you know, sometimes I think for young people, one of the biggest risks is they start out with uh, a lot lower income. And then as their salary increases, they spend more, but they don't necessarily adjust their savings accordingly. So I think that's where it's important to keep your eye on that projection too because it's amazing how, how you know five thousand a month seemed like a lot at one point and before you know it it's a much higher amount you're living on yeah yeah there's no two way there's, there's 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 no doubt about that so save more today live on less later or work longer those are those are sort of the sort of the decision points right there um and fascinating right because i think that so many of us there's so many americans struggle with with being able to put money away successfully right now so is there an opportunity or are they willing to make sacrifices that it takes to be able to save a little bit more today so they don't have to work as work longer or live on less later it's like a it's like that whole uh, prisoner's dilemma that that we used to do back uh maybe back even in high school Brittany, where you sort of just just have to make trade-offs and <laughs> and 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 there's risks and I think part of that is our, our current culture. I look at my kids and think of how different their life is. And just, you know, I mean, we always think the next generation is more spoiled than, than we were. But, you know, when I've had clients in the past looking at a credit card statement and they say they're living paycheck to paycheck and you see the daily fancy coffee and, you know, bagel breakfast, you're like, I'm sorry, no, this is not living paycheck to paycheck. So, you know, I, I don't give too much tough love, but you also have to say, you know, your spending is, is a series of choices and you really have to be careful about which ones are 
discretionary versus necessary. Yeah, discretionary versus necessary. Not too much tough love, huh, Brittany? But what if what if your kids what, what, <laughs> when your kids are twenty five, your, your, your kids are twenty five, and and they're not saving any money, but they're they're driving a fancy car, they're going out to eat all the time. You gonna bring tough love into that situation, Brittany? I should clarify. I'm 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 much kinder to our clients than to my children. They they get my tough love for sure. Okay, fair enough. I love it. <laughs> well, Brittany, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Financial decisions you make along the way are rarely arbitrary. Make sure you're being thoughtful about how you can most efficiently leverage your savings, investments, and employer benefits. Understand your options and consult a professional if it's over your head. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets come on. Come on. Brittany, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Uh, we are at bondanddevic.com, and there you can find podcasts, our Facebook and Twitter links. Nice. Spell that out for me, please. B-O-N-D-A-N-D-D-E-V-I-C-K.com. Excellent. It's one of those that every time I have to spell it, I think, what did? why did they go with that long name? But it's from our founders, so that's how we—that's what we do. Sure. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Brittany your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to Bond and Devic, B O N D A N D D E V I C K dot com. Check out all the great resources that Brittany just described. Thanks again, Brittany. Thanks. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. So we are all in this together. I know how important it is for me to hit reset, to refocus, reprioritize, and even reprogram myself every quarter or so in order to make sure that my mind, my body, and my money are where they need to be. These days, we are all going hard constantly with so many demands on our time, our attention. And that's why I created the Strive Online Bootcamp, to be able to take a step back, to ensure that we're optimized in three key areas of our lives, our minds, our bodies, and our money. And I'd love for you to come with me on this two-week journey. You can click on the link in the notes of the show, or you can go to strivedetox.com. Check out the program. I'd love to have you a part of it.